Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cluster B personality disorders are characterized by dramatic, overly emotional, and unpredictable thoughts and behavior. From Ars Longa Media, this is Cluster B, scientifically informed, expert insights into the four Cluster B personality types, antisocial, borderline, narcissistic, and histrionic personality disorder. Here's today's host, Dr. Todd Grande. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks if I can take a look at fantasies associated with personality pathology. I've had a number of questions specifically about narcissistic and antisocial personality disorders. So I'll answer these questions in a few different ways. I'll look at the personality disorders, all 10 of them, and go through just what types of fantasies we might expect with those personality disorders. And then I'll look at 10 examples of cluster B personality pathology fantasies. So fantasy has an interesting place in personality pathology and counseling. In some counseling modalities, clients talk about their fantasies and what those fantasies mean to them. They explore fantasy in order to get to some sort of therapeutic benefit. This is particularly common in psychodynamic therapy and therapies that are similar to psychodynamic. Most fantasies are harmless and fantasizing is extraordinarily common. Technically, a fantasy is when somebody imagines something that is improbable or impossible. Sometimes fantasies can lead to positive outcomes, even though the fantasy itself can rarely be realized. For example, somebody might have a fantasy of becoming the best actor who has ever lived. They might work hard at studying, acting, and going to a lot of auditions, and they might become a good actor. On the other hand, sometimes fantasies can interfere with legitimate goals, and every now and then fantasies can be destructive and frightening. When it comes to personality pathology, the personality characteristics that really stand out in terms of fantasy would come from cluster B. So that would be antisocial, narcissistic, borderline, and histrionic personality disorders. The level of fantasizing is so high with narcissistic personality disorder that fantasizing is actually one of these symptom criteria, fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Although, as I've said many times in prior videos, I view the term unlimited as too restrictive here. I prefer the term exaggerated because not every individual with NPD wants unlimited success. Sometimes they just want a highly unrealistic quantity of success. Now, the main trait associated with fantasy is openness to experience. So if we look at this from the perspective of the five-factor model, if somebody is high in openness to experience, they are imaginative, creative, and they tend to wander off into fantasy. If we combine personality pathology with relatively high openness to experience, we get fantasies that may seem unusual 
and in some cases, antisocial. It's important to note here that there is a significant difference between having a fantasy and acting on a fantasy, although the presence of troubling fantasies would indicate that counseling would be a good idea. Many of the severe consequences with troubling fantasies are realized when people try to make those fantasies into a reality. So here I'm going to go through some of the fantasies that have been associated with personality disorders, and then again, really narrow down to cluster B personality pathology and give some specific examples. When talking about specific fantasies that I have become aware of, information has been changed to protect the innocent. So as I mentioned, fantasies are fairly common, and most of the 10 personality disorders have some relationship to fantasy, just like all personality types would have some relationship. So just quickly going through the personality disorders and looking at the fantasy type that might be associated with that disorder. From cluster A, personality pathology, paranoid personality disorder. Here we sometimes see fantasies of being able to see and know everything to satisfy fears about being spied on. So if somebody's paranoid, they may fantasize about being able to detect when people are actually out to get them. So they could have something like x-ray vision or an ability to read minds or just something that would let them know who's trying to cause harm to them. Moving on to schizoid, I haven't noticed too much in the way of fantasy with this disorder. Individuals with this disorder tend to be unresponsive to social situations, and they don't often come in for treatment. So when I was kind of thinking through these 10 personality disorders, I really couldn't come up with a fantasy that's specifically associated with schizoid. I ran into the same thing with schizotypal. Perhaps there could be some fantasies here of being accepted by others because of the social anxiety component we see sometimes with schizotypal. But in general, I don't really see this one strongly connected to fantasy. Now, moving on to cluster B personality pathology with antisocial, we see fantasies of committing and getting away with crime and fantasies of domination. Again, I'll talk more about this cluster as I get to the different examples for cluster B. With narcissistic, we see fantasies about being powerful, wealthy, being admired by everybody in the world, about finding a perfect romantic partner, about controlling other people. So we see some overlap here with antisocial. With borderline, we see fantasies of finding one perfect mate who offers absolute security, and with histrionic fantasies about being popular and being the center of attention. Moving on to cluster C, personality pathology, starting with avoidant. Sometimes here with avoidant, we see fantasies of having close relationships. Now, some of the time when people think about avoidant personality disorder, they think that somebody is trying to avoid social situations because they don't want to be close to people. But usually people with this disorder do want to have close relationships. They just have a strong fear of embarrassment and rejection. With dependent personality disorder, we see fantasies of finding one person that the individual can really count on to support them. So somewhat similar to borderline, and with obsessive compulsive personality disorder, we see fantasies of a world where everybody can be productive and everything can be productive and nobody's trying to interfere with that productivity. So we really see fantasies of everything going perfectly, everything running smoothly. So now centering in on cluster B personality disorders, and I'm really focusing here mostly on narcissistic, to some extent antisocial, and to a lesser extent borderline and histrionic. What I've noticed about narcissistic fantasies from my clinical experience and from the research literature is that there's quite a bit of overlap with these fantasies and antisocial fantasies, which actually makes a lot of sense given that we see a lot of co-occurrence between these two personality structures, as well as comorbidity 
between the two personality disorders in the DSM. So narcissistic and antisocial personality disorders, the official diagnoses. It's not unusual for a narcissist to have psychopathic tendencies, and it's not unusual for a psychopath to have narcissistic tendencies. At the subclinical level, these traits hold together fairly well. This has been explored in the research on the dark triad. The third trait, of course, being Machiavellianism. Now, the official personality disorders only capture certain aspects of psychopathy and narcissism. Antisocial personality disorder really tends to capture impulsivity, irresponsibility, and criminal components of psychopathy. This is referred to as factor two psychopathy or sociopathy. The diagnosis really doesn't capture the superficial charm very well, and it doesn't capture every aspect of the manipulation like we would see with factor one psychopathy. Now, narcissistic personality disorder tends to capture the grandiose side of narcissism, characterized by dominance, confidence, being resistant to criticism, and extroversion. And it tends to miss vulnerable narcissism, which is characterized by distrust, shame, resentfulness, introversion, and a hypersensitivity to criticism. As we'll see from these fantasies, both factor one and factor two psychopathy play a role, and both grandiose and vulnerable narcissism play a role. So with all that in mind, let's get started with the 10 examples of cluster B personality fantasies. In these examples, I'm going to alternate using a male and a female as the individual who is having the fantasy. So the first fantasy is the fantasy of revenge. And here I'm going to start with a male. This fantasy is most associated with psychopathy and narcissism and occasionally with borderline, especially when the individual is seeking revenge on a love interest. So with this fantasy, this could be revenge on people who rejected the individual, who bullied them, doubted them, or who ignored them. So looking at the example here, we see a man with antisocial tendencies, with psychopathy, who fantasizes about how he will attack those who bullied him when he was in grade school or in high school. And with his fantasy, he is really striking fear into their hearts, right? So he targets the first individual and hurts them, harms them in some way, potentially even kills them. And other people who bullied him start to see this, like in the news or something, and realize that he's going after everybody that bullied him. So they're trapped, they can't really do anything about it, and they're stuck with a lot of fear and anxiety. They're unable to stop his rampage. So in this fantasy, he may have some type of superpower where he can evade law enforcement and get away with these crimes. Moving to the second example, this is a fantasy of beauty. So again, here I'm moving to using a female as the example. This is associated with narcissism and to some extent borderline and histrionic personality pathology. So with this example, we see a woman who thinks of herself as unattractive or average. And in her fantasy, she will suddenly be seen by others as being exceedingly attractive. So it's not always about change in the individual but rather about change in how other people view the individual, right? So in this example, she's not becoming more attractive. She's been attractive the whole time along, and people just can't recognize it. There's something blocking them from seeing it. And the fantasy, of course, is that, that obstacle is removed, and everybody realizes how beautiful she really is. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Moving to the third fantasy, this is the fantasy of mind control. This one is most closely associated with narcissism and borderline. This is often to make somebody love the individual, to establish control, or to escape responsibility. So at the example here, we see a man who commits an assault, perhaps as part of another fantasy, like a fantasy of revenge, and he's arrested and tried, and he uses his mind control abilities to make sure the jury finds him not guilty. So he's acquitted of the assault, but he's only using the mind control on the members of the jury. Other people like the prosecutors and the police, they know he's guilty, right? And they're not being controlled. So they would think that he's guilty the whole time along. So essentially the individual can smugly taunt the prosecutors and the police and confuse them, right? How is he being found not guilty by this jury when the facts clearly indicate that he committed these acts of revenge, these assaults. Interestingly, I've actually seen this fantasy a number of times. And when I first heard this fantasy, I kind of wondered why the fantasy wasn't to have this mind control ability over everybody involved. Like why even be arrested in the first place, right? Just mind control the police and be done with it. But there's something satisfying to the narcissist or the psychopath to commit a crime and for some people to know that he's really guilty, and then get away with it through his special ability, whatever it is, mind control or some other ability. It's not really as entertaining for this individual unless they have the satisfaction of this group of people who, again, kind of realize that something bad really happened and the person's getting away with it. So that's why I think the mind control in these fantasies is often restricted to just a few people, like 12 people in a jury, for example. Moving to the fourth fantasy, this is the fantasy of being accepted by all those who rejected the individual. This is common with narcissism and borderline. So the example here would be a woman who achieves a high level of popularity. She becomes like a famous individual, and this forces people who rejected her to admit her greatness and beg for her forgiveness. So now she's able to hang out with those people 
and build all the friendships that she originally wanted. So this one really isn't about revenge. It's about restoring what the woman believes that she was entitled to the entire time along. She wanted to be popular. She wanted people to accept her. They didn't. And this fantasy, her becoming exceedingly popular or famous, this can set that right. This can make the people who rejected her realize the error of their ways. So this, again, kind of restores her back to where she wanted to be. Moving to fantasy number five, this is a fantasy of doing something so helpful to society that people will admire the individual. This is often known as communal narcissism, right? And of course, this has a strong tie to narcissism and not so much, of course, to antisocial, borderline, or histrionic. So the fantasy example here would be a man starts a nonprofit to help the underprivileged, gets a great deal of media exposure. Everybody loves him for helping people. He seems like he is beneficent. He is magnificent. He is an incredible person who's there to help society. Now, interestingly, these fantasies of communal narcissism sometimes grow increasingly agentic, meaning they start to become self-centered back toward what we normally think of with narcissism. Narcissism is often thought of as much more agentic than communal. So these fantasies of communal narcissism might be popular kind of early in somebody's life, but then again, become more self-centered over time. That'll be reflected in the newer versions of the fantasy. Fantasy number six is the fantasy of redemption and success. This is more common with vulnerable narcissism and borderline. And of course, those two constructs have a lot of overlap between them. So this one is really about being falsely accused and then vindicated. So the example here, a woman is accused of stealing money from a bank, perhaps with video surveillance that captures her removing money from a bank vault. But it turns out that she actually prevented the theft. Perhaps she was moving the money from the bank vault to a place where it would be safe. So the real criminals couldn't find the money they were trying to steal. Now, this seems like an unusual fantasy, but I've also encountered this one several times. And I was really trying to think about why this fantasy occurs. And in terms of my clinical experience and talking to people, the only thing I could really come up with is that the movement is really tremendous when going from being hated to being loved, right? So we think about it on a scale where being neutral, having people look at someone and just think really nothing about them, that's a zero. Being hated would be a negative 10, and being loved would be a 10. What happens here with this fantasy is that somebody can go from negative 10 all the way to 10, instead of going from zero to 10. So it's really about the change. It's the amount of change that occurs. So the fantasy is more satisfying because now people really have to change their perception a great deal, instead of just, again, going from neutral to liking the individual. So. An unusual fantasy, again, but I have seen this many times, this redemption and success fantasy pattern. Fantasy number seven is a fantasy of being chosen as great, right? So I see this mostly with narcissism and every now and then with psychopathy. Among all these fantasies that involve unlikely outcomes, this one seems to be particularly unlikely. Yet, like many of these, I've actually seen this particular fantasy quite a few times. So the example here, highly intelligent and incredibly advanced aliens come to the planet Earth and choose a man to be a great leader on Earth. They appoint him to be in charge of the whole planet, 
And on top of this, they give him superpowers, perhaps something like the ability to fly, incredible strength, being immune from any type of weapons that are available on Earth. So we see kind of, again, a fantasy that really stretches things. Now, within this fantasy, this fantasy being satisfied with the person being made to be a leader of the world, this man now can address his other fantasies, right? So this one kind of sets things off. It starts things. He gains these superpowers and this power in general, and now he can live out all of his fantasies on the planet. So I think this addresses the sense of being special and unique we see with narcissism. If people on Earth refuse to recognize how incredible the man is, perhaps an advanced, superintelligent alien race will recognize him, and everybody on Earth will have to acknowledge how they were wrong. So we kind of see familiar themes in this fantasy, right? So people that rejected the individual will now be forced to accept him. Moving to fantasy number eight, this is a romantic fantasy. We see this with narcissism, borderline, and histrionic. We rarely see this with psychopathy. In the research literature, this is sometimes referred to as the hysterical fantasy. And the examples usually feature a narcissistic woman who has the fantasy, which is kind of interesting because you would think it would be more tied to histrionic personality disorder. But again, it's featured mostly around narcissism. The example here, a woman believes that one particular man who she has not met yet will find her, see value in her that no one else could see, and will love her more than anyone could ever love her. And this love will go on for a long time, hundreds of years, or even forever, right? It's a fantasy, so anything's possible. This romantic partner will save her, defend her, protect her, and even heal any types of difficulties that she has, whether they're related to mental health or bad memories or trauma. And of course, medical problems could be addressed as well. So this individual is really a savior to the woman. Now, many times when I've seen this fantasy, there's actually been a specific man in the fantasy. So the woman has a person in mind and she believes that person will recognize her and again, do all these different things, protect her and save her. So moving now to the ninth fantasy, this is domination. And we see variations of scenarios where a man has control over one woman or a group of women. This is most closely associated with psychopathy and narcissism. And this is kind of interesting because the degree to which those two traits are pronounced really seems to determine the type of fantasy we see in this context of domination. So I'll provide an example from the narcissistic side and from the psychopathic side. So looking at narcissism, a narcissistic man fantasizes about women who live in an apartment complex that he owns. So he's the only male there, and this apartment complex could hold potentially hundreds of other people. And again, other than him, they would all be women. Now, in the narcissistic fantasy, the women are there of their own free will because they all love the narcissist. They want to be with him. And of course, the narcissist wants that love. So essentially, in this fantasy, the women are all competing to be with this one man. So in this example, he's not really using force. He's not really dominating in a traditional sense, but he is in a dominant position, right? They all want to be with him. And in this fantasy, again, there's no competition from other men. So as we move over to the psychopathic side of this, there's some similarities, but also some marked differences. So we see the same 
apartment complex. The same math, right? We see one psychopathic man and a bunch of women, except with the psychopathic fantasy, the women are prisoners. So the psychopath dominates them. He can do what he wants. And in his fantasy, of course, he often would. Now, the more psychopathy we see, the more this can get into the area of something like murder. So with some psychopathy here, we see maybe some coercion, but with more psychopathy, it gets even darker. Again, up to and including murder. In extreme psychopathy, it would really just be about murder, right? There wouldn't be any sexual relationships or anything like that. It would simply just move right to murder. So really, when we look at narcissism and psychopathy, we have to look at the levels of each one, again, and that kind of determines which way this fantasy can go. I've also seen versions of this fantasy where the individual in the fantasy kind of starts out with being loved, like the women are chasing the man. But with some of the women, the man is more aggressive, right? It's not where they're really chasing him. He's chasing them. So in the fantasy, both of those types of approach and avoidance are occurring. So the psychopathic tendency can dominate sometimes, and the narcissistic tendency can dominate sometimes. And that can move back and forth in the same individual, again, as expressed by the fantasies and the changes in the fantasies. Now, this fantasy, of course, doesn't have to involve an apartment complex. I've seen examples where it involved an entire country, where the man was the only male in an entire country, and the whole country is full of women. I've seen it where it involves a mansion, a motel, a town, a space station, another planet, so like an entire planet other than Earth, and I've seen it where it involves an entire galaxy. So again, there are really no bounds at all on fantasy, and we see these fantasies go to incredible extremes. Of course, this particular fantasy is especially dark as compared to a lot of these other fantasies. Now, moving to the last fantasy, number 10, this is a fantasy of suffering. So we mostly see this with narcissism and borderline. It's an unusual fantasy, and the goal seems to be to get attention. So the example here, a woman has sustained staggering losses of family members when she was the only survivor in a horrific multi-car accident. This causes her to draw sympathy from people around the world, right? So notice the suffering here is really the loss of other people. The woman's not necessarily suffering physically, like she wasn't necessarily injured in the accident. So this suggests a possibility that she's actually callous, right? That those losses don't mean anything to her. And this, of course, would be more common if the narcissistic tendency here and the borderline tendency also had psychopathy. So we can see how this fantasy becomes darker as more psychopathy enters into the equation. I've also seen examples of this where the woman was hurt and where she did mourn the loss of the family members, right? So it doesn't have to be callous. It doesn't have to be psychopathic. That's just a possibility. This fantasy also seems to have some overlap with factitious disorder, right? There's this idea that the person will voluntarily suffer, even hurt themselves in order to attract sympathy and attention. So there are some different fantasies, some examples. I covered the 10 personality disorders very quickly and then took the more detailed look at cluster B personality pathology with those 10 examples. Again, some of them quite disturbing. And I've even seen many actually that are more disturbing than what I've talked about here. Again, fantasies don't have any limits. So somebody can start out with a fantasy that's a little worrisome 
and that fantasy can develop and grow over time. And that's something that counselors really need to be on the lookout for. When fantasies start out kind of mild or playful or kind of within normal range and then start to become distorted and dark over time, it's important to be on the lookout for increasing levels of aggression and violence and themes like revenge and domination. For more content like this, check out Healthy Toxic, another podcast from Ars Longa Media, all about what makes or breaks relationships, including issues related to narcissism, narcissistic abuse, and how personality disorders affect relationships. Ars Longa, Vita Brevitz. Learn more at ArsLonga.media. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.